Hello and welcome to the Attribution Marketing Podcast, where we help businesses, brands, and entrepreneurs get more out of their marketing and advertising spend. On today's episode, we have Deepa Garg, who is a digital expert in the nonprofit realm, who has helped Fortune 500s, not-for-profits, and everything in that space really get more out of their digital and traditional marketing and advertising efforts, and we are lucky to have her on the show. Deepa, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Lucas. It's our pleasure. So why don't we just drop in quickly and just give us a little bit of your background. What is your story and how did you find yourself in this position? Sure. Well, I'm just shy of 16 years in the industry, digital ads industry, which for anybody who's been there that long, it means you've been around. I started on the ad operations side, got my start in Chicago at Resolution Media. I worked at FastWeb, ValueClick, Yahoo, which I don't know where that sits now. <laughs> Increasing my channel experience. And then as you mature, you grow more strategic and performance focused with the industry as well. Then I went to business school, the University of Chicago, and I was a total misfit there. <laughs> Finally found my place in their social enterprise institute. So the intersection of mission, purpose, and market, if you will. And today I find myself handling marketing top-down, end-to-end at the intersection of tech startup and for purpose in Seattle. I'm just down the road from Microsoft and across the pond from Amazon. Those are some good neighbors to have. I think you're in, in good company there. So Talk us through about the new the, the new project that you're on, uh, Prosperity Key, and just walk us through that mission. It's a unique angle, a unique approach, and you guys are solving a, a problem that needs attention. So talk us through what that mission is and what you guys are doing with that organization. Sure. It helps to have a little bit of background. Prosperity Digital Marketplace is the name of my employer, and we are a subsidiary of the United Way of Western Connecticut, I used to say, a silver yeah. lining of COVID, I was able to find a job with an organization that's based out of Connecticut. The background here is that 40% of the U.S. population, we call this group ALICE, and it stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained Employee. They work paycheck to paycheck. They cover basic needs. But at the same time, we think that there's these safety nets, but most of them don't qualify. For those safety net programs. The federal poverty level that qualifies them is really outdated. We built a digital platform that qualifies their income and offers access to services and products they are eligible for. So it's really about connecting people. It's a game changer. We like to think of it as the GoFundMe with income verification or the Groupon for social good, like an Amazon for businesses trying to reach a new segment that's hard to reach. Um, we're all over the place <laughs> trying to help a lot of people. Hey, that's your job. You're going to package up that messaging and make sure it gets out there and everybody under, understands it, right? I think you guys have a great mission. I just want to ask a follow-up question, make sure I understood what you had said there. I think if I'm understanding you correctly, these are folks who are just above that line. They are actually fully employed and, and working maybe one, two, three jobs to put food on the table for their families. And because of that effort, they're missing out on some of these sort of government programs and things that be of assistance. They are almost overqualified for those, but that doesn't mean their situation is any less difficult. And your organization is bringing together the products, the resources, the knowledge, the services 
together to assist them. There's a lot of people who want to help. And then there's a lot of people who need that help. What we became aware of during the last year and a half or two years is the essential worker. We stopped short of saying we're helping specifically the essential worker because that means so many things to different people. But if you think of everybody from the checkout person at the grocery store to the person delivering your food to the person who is taking care of you, the nurse at the hospital, they are often making just enough to get by or a little bit over minimum wage, if minimum wage. And that, that dollar perhaps in their hourly wage might disqualify them for support. And not only that, but they just don't have the time because they need to spend time working to call around to social agencies and whatnot to find out that they're not qualified. Yeah, there's like a a big drop off there. You're either on one side of the line or the other. And it's if you're just beyond it, you're almost in a worse position than if you had not been beyond that line. Is that accurate? Yes. And and the United Way has profiled this as roughly 40% of every county in the United States. I wanted to get your opinion because it sounds like you're dealing with quite a few different sort of stakeholders and sides to this marketplace is, is in the brand name and it's what you guys are putting together. So I would imagine you have multiple groups of people who come to you and interpret what you're doing in one way. And there's another group of people who might interpret that uh, same service or on the other side of the marketplace in a completely different manner. So as a marketer, how are you managing that sort of uh, separate messaging and separate journeys to make sure that everything that they're reading and touching and seeing online and is all lining up to get that message across? So we don't really have that much of a brand yet, brand new, but I'm coming from some pretty established brands, Yahoo, for example, which had a longtime consumer brand, but also a business brand. So I feel like I'm bringing that learning forward. And to answer your question, I would just say one word separately, the way most you know, strategic marketers would go about it by a mix of audience and channel strategy, right? Obviously there's channels that cater more towards a business audience versus a consumer audience. And then just clear audience targeting. I can tell you you're a digital agency, Nine Clouds. You can ask them how many times I've gone back and been like, no, can you screenshot the targeting in Facebook? I, we need to pinpoint. We need, I need to be very exact about who we are targeting and who we are not targeting. If we're trying to reach just the right people with the right message, and obviously we have a mission here, we're trying to help people. Mm-hmm. If you were to go back day one of taking this job, now knowing what you know now, and you could give somebody advice who's putting together a two-sided marketplace what would be the first steps before you spend the advertising dollars, before you go down that path? How do you think that through and organize it? So I would say, again, the word separately, take everybody separately, but at the same time, create a matrix, put all your stakeholders on one side and then put their why, how, and what across the top. If you're familiar with Simon Sinek's uh, start with why, right? Mm-hmm. That's your value proposition grid. What is this person on their level? What's going to appeal to them? What is their why for the Alice consumer? What is the why for the small business on Main Street? What is the why for the big business on the national level? What is the why for a donor? Those are some of our stakeholders. Take the time to to break it down and then look for the commonalities or the differences. 
And then you can distinguish your messages. So now I'm running two marketing campaigns and we can put those on different tracks and that can align with the business. We, we have to keep track of how's our sales pipeline working, our business development, how is the consumer message, when should the consumer message go out versus the business message. There's so many different layers, right? And by structuring it that way, I was able to break it apart and really hone in on, okay, what is the commonality in the message? Do I have to come up with? Like you said, I started with wanting to have one generic message across the board that we could utilize everywhere. And that would be the branding message. But then we ended up with this bifurcated timeline. We're going out with a partner launch first, and then we're going out with the consumer. So it became very clear that I needed to focus on the the value proposition for businesses first, for example. I think that the general message is actually going to come a little bit later in this case. And every business is different and every you know startup launches in its own way, depending on its model, right? But I do think there is a general message and it's ironic because that same exercise that I talked about building that matrix of why and your stakeholders, you figure out the message that makes sense across the board. What do all of these people have in common? We're all human, right? So on a human level, what do we all have in common and what does this platform solve for all of us together? And I know you've had some varied experience in the nonprofit space as well as for-profit do you think that these, this approach would apply to, to somebody who's selling a t-shirt on Instagram or uh, a car off of a dealership lot or the nonprofit world that you're in? Is that mentality, is that approach the same regardless of what you are trying to put out there in the world? Absolutely. Again, we're not marketing to turtles or, <laughs> sorry, I'm right. a mom. We're not marketing to dinosaurs. We're marketing to human beings and usually your culture that you're marketing within. So it's a human beings in the United States of America. We're all the same on some level, whether we're purchasing or doing business with a nonprofit or for profit we like to say a for purpose or for profit. And as we have seen in the last couple of years, everything is melding together. You have major business outfits starting to talk about how you have to have a purpose for your business, for your employees. You have to have that purpose. Just figure out what that is. You know what I mean? Include your employees on your stakeholder list as well and make sure that you are addressing that need, that one message that you talked about, the core message for everybody. Let's make sure that is addressing the human aspect of what you do and what you bring into the world. Well said. So let's look at the kind of the performance side, because I think you're in a very unique situation where most marketers are after a conversion that might be a sale on Shopify or a new lead for your software product, but you have multiple stakeholders multiple long customer journeys where the conversion is a little bit more mercurial. Walk us through, if you could, a few of these different separate tracks that you're going on and how you've gone about to measure the performance of those channels, of those tracks. How do you know what's working and what's not on the donor side? on the individual side, on the corporate partner side? So it's still early, I'll be honest, is that we're still figuring it all out. But at the same time, it's really fun if you're entrepreneurial at all to be able to invent this from scratch as far as like, what is it that a potential business partner needs to do in the journey, right? Before I know that they're interested, that I know I should follow up with them, that I work hand in hand with my biz dev team. So 
first of all, just understanding engagement with our video ads, right? What are the metrics that matter there? Then going on to understand their, um, their interaction with our landing page, right? Landing page was something that I think startups maybe tend to have to breeze through or overlook potentially. It's all about getting the product. It's all about getting the platform running, right? As opposed to your landing page strategy. And again, like I said, we're taking it piece by piece, audience by audience. But as I round the corner on the business journey here, moving on to consumer next. <laughs> you can't just rely on Google Analytics. It just doesn't work. Maybe it's the business school in me. Maybe I don't know. But you have to really think about what is Google's incentive to give you free information. It's got to be to make paid ads look better. And, and you can see it through their interface. So what are you doing in addition to Google Analytics? What are you plugging in that's going to empower you to know what's happening with your videos? In my case, we went with LeadsRx because they do so much more and they're really trying to get up the funnel and understand what is that interaction with our Facebook ads. Even if Facebook doesn't pass through a lot of information to them, they're making it work. They're figuring it out. They're doing the analysis on the back end that I don't have to guess at. Well said, preaching to the choir. You really need to be looking at the big picture and incorporating the data from all those silos, from all the walled gardens to make sure that the whole machine that you're putting together is producing value, which is, I think, uh, where a lot of marketers miss. It's difficult to say from a scientific perspective, this works, this doesn't. And like you've mentioned, Google Analytics is not designed to answer that for you in an unbiased way. I had to bring my organizations along to a point because not everybody knows what even ad tech is, right? That this field has been expanding for the last 15, 20 years and to what degree we have capabilities. So I, the way I try to explain it within my organizations is that do we want to be doing what they did during the Mad Men age, which is roughly the same as what still goes on outside of some attitudinal studies about brands, perhaps that you have to program in and bake in and wait 12 months for. I was able to, with LeadsRx's help and with their unbiased referral data, I was able to justify our budget on PR as break-even, a little better than break-even. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that PR agency never had that kind of information passed back to them before. Uh, even just on a lot of data is lost, referral data, a lot of that's lost. But what leads our capture justified our investment as at least break even. Every channel was different. If I'm able to take that very top of the funnel where I, I mean, for the most part, PR, you're throwing your budget into the wind, right? Because there's no guarantee. It's not like yeah. guaranteed paid ads where you pay for X impressions. You just don't even know if you're going to get one impression for that budget. But right. to be able to link that back to break even, that's huge. I think it's a, a big part of marketing and people. And even as companies, the size of companies grow, you'll have one team doing X, another team doing Y, the social media team doing Z, the email marketing team doing something else. And the copywriters are writing blogs. And so it's if you don't look at that all together, and realize that the PR piece brought the person back to the site, the person read the blog, they liked the blog, so they followed you on social, and then the social 
post encouraged them to come back and then they filled out the the contact form or they swiped their credit card. If you aren't measuring all those channels at the same time with the same sort of measuring stick, you're not going to really know what levers to pull in order to get more out of any individual channel or just more out of marketing period. I, I don't disagree with you. When I first got to my last role, I had a lot of anecdotes and a lot of intuition. And you really do need to balance that out with some evidence and some quantitative data just to be able to understand. And one of the things that I think throughout the entire marketing world, if we all just came to understand that the data can help everybody. If I'm trying to manage both the PR and my budget from PR all the way through digital paid at CPC, Google paid search, right? That's a wide gamut of things. Where do I spend how much? There's some guidelines online, but there's really not. And every business is different anyway, right? You need a lot of consistencies to really tell that story, but you can try. If you can sense of, okay, this much budget, I was able to break even with. And I know how much effort we put in. I know how granular we were. I know how strategic we were. We can scale that out. I can give my PR agency more money but I can be way more confident about how much money I'm giving them because I know I can break even now and I know how to do that. Yeah, I think that's the name of the game. The uh, cliche is what? The truth shall, shall set you free, right? So you'd mentioned knowing the PR results allows you to spend more on PR and it helps everybody up and down that funnel as the picture becomes more clear, the performance is more accurate. So. I have two follow-up questions. And the first is just about the full funnel aspect. I was curious to hear from your perspective, how long some of these journeys might be and how uh, you're tracking folks all the way from that first impression, all the way through either a donation, or you're actually deploying a service to one of these individuals that needs it. And I know you mentioned it, it's early on, so maybe we don't have this answer yet, but if you could talk us through the full funnel strategy rather than just a cross-channel strategy, how are you tracking people all the way to that end result that you're at? As you mentioned, it's early. <laughs> I can speak a little bit to my, my previous experience with this. It's making sure, obviously, that you have that tracking in place on every level, right? As much as possible. And the folks at LeadsRx can attest to it. I'm going to shout out for Ketzel. She's the most amazing person in the whole wide world to me for giving me all the support she has as far as making sure you're tracking everything to the fullest ability. It's not possible on everything, but if you're going to do podcasts, see what you can do about podcasts. I'm really excited about text because apparently the same old QR codes and that kind of strategy, UTMs, whatnot, that's going to work mm -hmm. with text message campaigns, which is going to be really important in my current role to reach people who are so busy, who aren't able to sit and read emails necessarily or don't have the patience for it when their kids right. need to be fed. So generally making sure that you have that highest level of tracking possible as high in the funnel as possible. That would be the first step is just trying to tell that story from the top of the funnel down because it's so easy to, to lose your tracking if you don't have it set up accurately. So I'm trying to keep all things equal when it comes to digital channels from text all the way down, I'm trying to keep it all things equal across the channels, media messaging, 
almost everything is consistent. Last question here should be an easy one. For all of our you know, enterprise audience uh, members out there and folks that are listening who, who might need some of these services or might want to join your mission and believe in the purpose, how can folks get a hold of you and join this cause that, that you guys are putting out there? Just give yourself a little plug here and tell folks how to find you and, and get involved. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, we can be reached at prosperikey.org. You can find me on LinkedIn. There's not that many deep guards in marketing. And we are taking input from a form on the website, obviously. Those are the easiest ways to get a hold of us and learn more. Happy to talk with you, schedule a demo, make you understand more about our audience targetability. That's something that's missing for this audience to some degree. Yeah, happy to talk to you. You heard it here first, folks. Thank you so much to Deepa for joining us on today's episode. If you would like to learn more about what she has going on, please go visit prosperikey.org. And you can join this fantastic organization as a donor, or if you're out there listening to this and you think you need some help finding some of these programs, please go visit the site, sign up, fill out the form. Deepa is going to take care of you because she does everything over there, right? No, I have a great team. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great team. Again, thank you so much for being here. Deepa, this is the Attribution Marketing Podcast, signing off.